Hey everybody, it's A.S. Cobb with Blacklight Communication Strategies. Today we're going to take a bit of a turn from the podcast that you know as Keep Calm and Work It Out. I'm introducing a sub-series to you and it's called Sebastian's Dirty Shorts. Let me introduce you to a young man named Sebastian, one of my best friends in the world. He's got a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience and I've got a few clips of conversations that we had on the way to the airport, going to Sacramento uh, Airport. And you know what? I'm not even going to give you much of a disclaimer. Listen to them. And yeah, stay tuned for more of Sebastian's Dirty Shorts. That whole melting pot thing, you know, we are who we are because, you know, all these people from different places and different cultural beliefs and um, came over. But but even if you're like Bikram, right? Does Bikram have any more right to yoga than, than anybody else in the world? He didn't invent it. It's like, what makes something yours? People talk about that's my culture, that's my language, that's my food. Is it, what do you mean yours? You invented it? You appropriated it. What, what makes it yours? You appropriated it from your parents. Like just and, because yeah. you learned it from somebody and you consider the way you learned it to be organic, how, who's to say that the way this other person learned it isn't organic? Yeah. For example, there are so many white people who practice Native American cultural rights, and I don't. So when I go to these things and I see these people, it used to bother me. I used to be like, oh man, they're more Indian than me, you know, they're Indian. But I'm like, it's not their language, and I'm like, it's not even my language. And that's the other thing. It's like, what? My language is English. When I talk about what is my language, I can't just say, right. well, I'm not just going to choose this one particular sliver of my genetic identity and say, well, this is mine, right? Because I'm so mixed up. If I were to do that, it would be disrespectful to every other, you know what I'm saying? So like, what am I genetically entitled to? Am I genetically entitled to land in Israel? Am I genetically entitled to land in California? Am I genetically entitled to a particular language or a particular cultural ceremony? Says or who? to nothing. Or to nothing. And says who? And for how long? Yeah. Because people were saying, oh, well, the Palestinians, that's their native land, right? Well, before them, it was the Jews. Yeah. So how far are we going to go back? Yep. We're going to all go back to Africa? That's how far? Uh, Pangea? We're going to take it all back to Pangea? How how long do you hold these genetic, yeah. genetic entitlements? Like we were talking about gentrification earlier, and I think it kind of relates to that. It's like, you know, you were, a, you know, we let you alone and you handled, held down this piece of land or this, you know, geographic region for so long. And you know what? Now opportunity has arisen where we can make some changes and, you know, do things. And it just, you know, it doesn't always feel good when people gentrify, but still... I think that's just uh, natural progression. You know what? In my experience, it feels fucking amazing. Gentrification? Yes. In what way? Well, now. Not that I disagree, but I'm just, yeah. Uh, shit gets cleaner. Shit gets mm-hmm. nicer. There's more diversity of food, culture, options, whole foods. I mean, I can't complain. Yeah. And if people are complaining about, well, I don't have access to these things, what are you doing? Because for how long have you been paying that cheap rent? How many generations have you been in that rent control department and you still haven't used that to be a, have a foothold into getting something because this land was cheap? Why do you think all these white people are coming in here and buying that shit and fixing it up? And you're sitting there watching all this stuff happen around you. Yeah, and not taking action. Not taking action and not becoming a part of it and stuff because especially like in the early stages of gentrification, exactly. you get have an opportunity to get in there because it brings jobs. This was one of our resolutions last year was uh, uh, on balance, gentrification is good or something like that. So we went through like both sides of it. And then 
I really appreciate like what the kids got out of it and how they dug into it. But they're saying like, you know, so you're making your neighborhood better. You're making it safer. You're bringing more money in there. So that means you're putting more money into the tax roll. So, you know, like you said, schools get better and you get a better school or whatever. And it's the whole debate that you do better in school, get better resources for a school. You get a better education for the child to get better opportunities, whether they go to college, trade school or whatever. Um, And then they're more, you know, they're better prepared for the world or for college or something like that. But you don't get that if you just stagnate, you know, because the world around you is changing. And that's just what I think it is. The world changes. And at some point, we've got to change with them. Just lead, follow, or get out of the way, right? Exactly. That's what I say. Get, get with it or get out of the way. Yeah. This is how it relates to weed, like the weed industry. So many people in the, in the traditional weed market, the original weed market that created the weed culture that, you know, passed Prop 215 and created the medical marijuana bill, that culture is complaining because they cannot make the transition into the, the new legal market, right? And now they call all these, you know, these investors and these big corporations are coming through. They call them chads. You know what I mean? These dudes come through with their dad's money and they invest they invest in these weed farms and they're doing better. They're building brands and they're actually making more money than people that came from this industry. And the people who started this industry are saying, I can't compete. It's too expensive. It's too hard. It's too this. It's too that. But if how is somebody who has no experience in your particular field of expertise have any advantages over you? I had a 15-year head start. I better get a motherfucking license. That's how I looked at it. They're like, they're only allowing 500 people. They want us to fail. I'm like, well, I'm damn sure going to be one of those 500. I was one of the first 50. I was in there. You know what I mean? I was one of the first people in the state. I think I was one of the first dozen people in the state to get a license, an actual annual state license. One of the first. And I was the first in my county. And that's because I would have it no other way. Because I saw I saw the changes happening, and I made and I made adjustments. I knew that the, the way that I was doing things was going to inspire. It was going extinct. It's like, imagine when Prohibition happened, right? And then they were going to repeal. Like, do you want to be the last bootlegger? You know what I'm saying? Or do you want to get a, or do you want to get an actual license and be able to do this right and create a dynasty? You know what I mean? Like, there are there are alcohol families. You know what I mean? There's like people, they're like barons. You know what I mean? They're, they're a lord. Same thing with tobacco families. You know what I mean? Like, these are big oil families. This is a big business, a big industry. And if you could solidify your position, all you need to do is hold on. You don't need to outcompete people in the sprint. You just need to hold on because all these people that don't know what they're doing, that are throwing all this investor money, all this capital at something, they're going to fail because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're taking on too much debt and there's no way that they can, they can ever pay it back. Right? Okay, it's when you say you don't have to beat people in the sprint, that's like the saying life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Yeah. So like be invested in the long game. Yeah. Buy and hold. That's what real estate's about. It's buy not about and hold. you buy and hold. You get in there and you hold on for dear life and let all the other people shake out. And then when they sit around and say, who's left standing? The person who has no debt. The person who just has their little homestead held on and wasn't trying to compete with everybody else by putting money into marketing, spending the money in the wrong places. Because it's not enough to just spend money to grow a business. You have to spend the money in the right place. You have to put it into critical infrastructure. You only invest in shit like marketing until you have the critical infrastructure. People are hustling backwards, in my experience. And look, I'm not the most successful motherfucker in the world. There's people that are doing way more than me that can probably tell you how to take it to another level. But I know how to take it to the level that I got to. And he damn sure wasn't trying to create a brand and market and having a forward-facing business. Because that's not the business I'm in. I'm in the business of generating a product from the ground, which means I have to have the critical infrastructure in place like a manufacturing plant. Imagine a manufacturing plant that didn't invest in tools or didn't invest in the machinery and was dependent on human labor. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to succeed, you know, after the Industrial Revolution. You have to make those adjustments. You have to get the automated greenhouse. You have to get electricity and stop running off a generator. You have to reinvest into the things that are going to make you 
more money in the long term, instead of trying to make more money this year, instead of trying to save money so you can keep more profit this year, you should invest almost everything so that one day it's all profit. And be invested in creating a better product. Exact quality. Yeah. Invested into quality. Right. Critical infrastructure helps you get a, a, a higher quality product because you can focus your expertise on the things that it needs to do instead of just doing grunt labor because you get burnt out. So if you if you don't have irrigation, you're watering four to eight hours a day, you're not going to have the attention to detail when it comes to all the other things, when it comes to inspecting for bugs, when it comes to green cleaning the plants, when it comes to feeding the right amount of nutrients, pH in the water just right. You know, there's all these little fine-tuning details that need to take place that require your brain and the things that do not require your brain, you should not be using your brain on. Right. But especially starting from the bottom, whatever, so you're on the ground floor. So, like, you know everything from the bottom all the way up to the top. And at some point, you don't do stuff on the bottom anymore. Like, working at McDonald's, you know, you might have started off, you know, sweeping the floor, making fries and stuff. And then you end up, like, you know, uh, what, shift manager, store manager, and then area supervisor, whatever, then maybe even an owner. And so, like, as you get up, you no longer sweep the floor. You no longer... Uh, do fries, but you know how to sweep the floor, you know what it needs to be done, how it needs to be done, and you know how to do the fries and everything. And you but know exactly how long it takes. Yep. And so you can um, definitely see the quality without having to be on the ground floor and stuff, you know, because you pass on the knowledge to people, which I think is great because, you know, you're teaching other people. And, like, and I've seen that in the stuff that you do, like taking people and they go. Yeah, and now you know why it's called Sebastian's Dirty Shorts. Short audio clips, we call it audacious audio that you need to hear from the architect of wonder. I hope you liked it. Actually, whether you liked it or not, I just hope you feel some way about it and we'd love to hear from you.